Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pickney, and I'm joined today by our mayor, Josh Agee. Josh, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back, man. This is Josh Agee 2.0. That's right. I love it. <laughs> so, all right, you've been uh, mayoring, how's that, for a year. Um, I would love to hear uh, what's it been like, um, the good, bad, ugly, what, what's been challenging for you, just Tell us a little, a little bit about your first year. We, it's been a great first year. We've had a really good time. Um, you know, I always knew that I thought I knew I wanted to be mayor. Um, and it took a month or two to kind of, you know, kind of get my legs underneath me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still excited today as I was when we were running. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that that um, – Excitement is still there every day. It it makes makes me realize that uh, this was the right path for me. Yeah, excitement is a word that I would say clearly comes through when I think about the work that you've been doing. Passion's another one. I think you're passionate about this job. My wife and I were talking about this. Um, I saw you on New Year's Day. Is that right? Megan and I were about to be. We were pulling out of our house to go on the sure. resolution run, and sure. it had been just pouring. And you were uh, in your truck with your wife. And y'all were, I guess you were checking ditches to see if we there were. was any flooding out on New Year's Day. Well, New Year's Eve, we started getting text messages from uh, Ryan Vaughn and saying, hey, we're going to get some rain. We may need to set up a EOC, which is a command center out at 911. There may be some storms associated like we had a few weeks ago. Um, and I said, look, you know, just my phone will be on. Keep me in the loop of what's going on. So about 2.45 that morning, we had to shut down Lake Street. They sent me a text message, so we got up around 5, left her, and started driving around just checking on some things. We've been really working on some drainage issues in the city, and I wanted to see. This was the first big rain we've had uh, since starting to address some of those situations. So I wanted to see it firsthand what it was, you know, yeah, if man. it was working and where we needed to continue and, and where we needed to address problems. Well, my wife and I talked about that for a while because it was literally a year prior. Uh, you ran that resolution run on that day. And we were saying, okay, man, you can tell he's now, he's in the middle of it. And, or that's what Megan said. She's like, man, I wonder what that's like for him to know that this time last year he was able to go on this run. And now he's out here. And I was like, no, listen, he don't have to go do that. Like he's doing that because he's passionate about it. And, and, you know, I think like there's something to that that everyone needs to hear. Um, So I, I work, um, I try not to work over 45, 50 hours a week for sure as a pastor. But the thing is like, I love my job so much, it very rarely feels like work, if that makes sense. And so, like, nobody's having to, like, get me out of bed in the morning to be like, you got to go to work. I, like, I love what I do. And I told Megan, I was like, the the vibe I get from Josh, no one's making him do that. Like, that's just flowing out of him because he, he just loves what he does so much, and he loves this city. I mean, is that true? It's not a job. And this is going to sound really cliche, but it's not a job. It's just, it's your life now. You know, this is what we do. So my wife and I were able to take a, a couple of days off and we went down to Austin. And while we were down there, we went through the presidential library of um, President Johnson. And there were two things that I thought were very funny about going through there. One of them was, uh, it had pictures of, they had a big state dinner mm-hmm. and Lady Bird Johnson and President Johnson weren't able to go. So what they do? They sent their two daughters, 
And I think it was, I forget which daughter it was, but she said, you know, politics is something we do as a family. And they're like 12 at this Mm -hmm. age. And they're going to the state dinner representing the first family. It's just, she said, it was just what we did as a family. It's not like it was dad's job. It was just what we do. It's huge, man. Um, And what you're talking about there, like the whole family being involved, I do think there's an element to where, I know it's certainly true with pastoral ministry. And I think there are a lot of other jobs, especially any sort of leadership or if you're overseeing a business or an organization, I think the same thing is true when you're a mayor. It's not just you. you know. Oh, sure. like the, the whole family is somewhat involved in that. And I think, like, I, I guess I'm curious, like, whenever you were running for mayor, was that conversation y'all had where you were just like, hey, like, did you invite, I mean, I know, I'm guessing you invited your wife into that, but even your kids of being like, hey, is this something that we're all on board for? Oh, yeah. We all, we knew what we were getting into. You know, that's the great thing about being on the council for eight years is we had a pretty much a behind-the-scenes look at what being the mayor was going to be like and how much time it was going to take and, and already had the general idea of if it were if it was something that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we enjoy it. That's cool, man. We're doing a great job. I'm curious, what do you um, – what have you been most excited about so far, just like looking back or most, maybe most proud of? That's another way I would, I would ask. What, what are you most proud of as you look back this first year um, and then I'm just curious of like what's been most challenging um, as you look back at your at your first year. So you know if you look back at the the three bullet points that that you know and during the campaign you talk about a lot of different things but the three things that we always talked about were code enforcement, uh, quality of life, and helping our police. Mm-hmm. Um, code enforcement we have really hit the ground running. Uh, it, it took about. I would think about three months to get all the software and a new vehicle bought, and we brought on uh, Omer Overbay as a second code enforcement officer and had Deanne Pemberton uh, step over as a, an administrative assistant to those mm-hmm. two fellows. Um, I checked, and even though they got about a three-month kind of up to speed, uh, in the nine months that they were able to really get after it, they increased their cases by 125%. Uh, wow opened about 1,700 cases. Now, you know, code enforcement is one of those things that um, it's it's not really something that most people get excited about, but and and it's not something you can fix overnight. Omer came to me not three months ago, and he said, you know, I've decided that we're never going to get completely there. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, this is an ongoing thing. There's always going to be a need for code enforcement. Uh, but we have really... Uh, stepped up, and that department has really taken uh, the reins and ran with it. So I'm really proud of that department and what they've done. Mm. Um, with our police department, you know, we've added three new canines, uh, or three canines total, mm. two new canines to that department. Um, we bought the Teslas, so yeah, that's uh, kind of a fun thing. We can uh, we can elaborate on that a little bit uh, if you'd like to. Yeah, how did you how did you arrive at that? Like, where did that? How did that transpire? So that was one of those things that one of my councilmen reached out to me and said, "Hey, other cities are starting to look at this. Why don't we? Why don't we look at it?" So, um, Officer Captain McCain, he started looking into just the feasibility of it, and how it was going to work, if it were going to, if it was going to save us any money. And then we'd kind of put it on the back burner, like that's probably something we want to do in the future. But there's no real way to charge those cars, and it may not be something we want to pursue right now. And within a couple of weeks, PLWC calls and says, hey, we've got a grant to put in these two charging stations, and what do you think about it? I'm like, 
Well, we're going to add some police cars, uh, some Tesla police cars, uh, and see if it works. You know, mm. the idea there is we have two traffic units, which those units are strictly for traffic enforcement. Um, and they're the they're the cars that are driven the hardest, right? They're the mm-hmm. stop and start and spin around on a dime and, and chase people down. And they're the ones that are going to see the most abuse. So we bought two thinking, okay, if they'll hold up to the rigors of traffic, they're, they're going to hold up to the rigors of patrol and maybe even admin roles later on. Uh, those cars should, and I, it looks like these are very conservative estimates, should average about $4,000 a year in savings. Mm. And each car, right now we're getting about five years out of a police car. So each one of those cars should save the taxpayers about $20,000 each. And it, in order to buy those cars and upfit them and have them ready for the road, the cost was $1,300 more than a traditional police car. So in month four... We'll be money ahead. Huh. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I know that, uh, you know, anything new, anytime there's change, people are always going to second-guess things. But, you know, the way I look at it is if you're not trying new things, you're going to be yeah. stuck with the same same thing you've always had. Yeah. Did you get any pushback on this? Um, you know, actually, most of the people that the decision-makers – the council, the the admin of the police department, once we sat down and, and did six months worth, we started this process in March and didn't order the cars until September or October. So there's there's six months of research and really trying to dial down, make sure this is the right decision. Once you see all the work that was put into that, and it's hard to argue with it. Mm-hmm. You know, now... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did Joe Smith that heard we were buying Teslas and thinks that we bought the $125,000 plaid? Yeah, but yeah. no, we bought the cheap ones and they're actually the same price as a traditional police car and they're going to save us money. And you That's know, great, man. Yeah. So, um, but That's yeah, it, we, we've really, um, another thing that we've done for our officers is um, we've increased pay. When hmm. a year ago we started our, our, Starting pay was thirteen fifty. Oh wow! Yeah, we raised that to fifteen dollars uh, in June, and then so a police officer right now, like if I decided to become a police officer, I get paid thirteen fifty an hour. No, nope, we raised it to fifteen. But I mean, oh yeah, sorry. But before yes. the raise had been thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty. Yeah. Wow. So um, and then we have called a police committee meeting for the end of this month, and I think by the time this airs, uh, we'll have raised police pay $3 an hour across the board. So we'll be very competitive. One of the things that we're seeing nationwide is little boys and, and girls don't want to sh- grow up and be police no, officers. absolutely anymore. not. Um, so we want to make sure we have a great bunch of officers. Uh, those men and women get up and, and do a thankless job every day, and we want to make sure that they feel like they're appreciated and, and we want to keep them um, yeah. safe we want to make sure they have all the tools and training and technology and we want to pay them and make sure that they know how much we appreciate them well i'm guessing that's true like you get what you pay for i'm guessing like that's true in the police world so like if you're not paying anything or like at least like where other people are paying like you're not going to get good officers sure. and that's not going to benefit our city if you look around everyone is hiring so we are competing you know we had a we had a staff meeting this morning and it was like look we, we want to recruit new employees, okay? The city of Perigold is hiring, but most importantly, it comes this comes right back to economic development also. 
is you have to take care of what you have, whether that's your employees, that's your your industry that you have in, in town. You know, don't forget what got us to the point where we're at now. Um, so that's one thing that we're really trying to hammer home is yeah. we 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 appreciate what you do. We want, we want you to be happy as an employee and as a police officer in the city of Perigold. And the citizens are the ones that benefit from that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to build a community, if, if, if you made a square box and you said, this is the foundation of the city, and you put circles at every corner, you have four pillars that hold that foundation up. You're talking about safety would be one of those pillars, your hospital, good jobs, and you got safety, good jobs, a, a hospital, and your schools. And I think you could put a big round circle right in the middle and hold all that up with quality of life. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a quality of life and a quality of place, if your city is attractive, then all those other things fall into place. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, I, that's something that I know you've been passionate about uh, early on. You've talked to I me. Mean, You've you've clearly done a great job of strengthening the the police force that we have here, which is already I think great, but it's getting even better. And I've heard you you talked about that in the beginning when you were running, and you talked about quality of life. I mean, I heard that over and over and over. And I'm I'm curious, like, do you feel like we've made progress there? I, you know, my wife's on the Parks and Rec committee, so sure. I have a little bit of an insider. I'm like, yeah, I can see some things. But for those listening who might be like, okay, you talk about quality of life, in what ways have you what been have we moving done, towards Ryan? that? Yeah, yeah, what would you say? One year report card. Yeah. So. You know, one of the things that I think, you know, you talked earlier, you ask the good, the bad, and the ugly. One of the things that is the most disheartening part of being the mayor is everything moves at a snail's pace. You know, there are engineers, there are architects, there are lawyers, there are governing bodies. Meetings have to be held, and it seems like in order to get anything done, there has to be three meetings and, and, four, and four coffee meetings about it. So... When you judge what we've done over the course of a year, I feel like we've we've made a lot of progress. You know, we signed uh, this morning. We had a, uh, a meeting about the farmers market. Signed the bid last week, so we'll be breaking ground on that pretty soon. Uh, the eight mile trail, we've broke ground on it, and right now it is seventy five percent finished. Yeah, and explain those things real fast. By the way, the farmers market that's going to like actually be right here in downtown, right? Like the old is it was a power plant in front of the power plant? Yes, in front of the power plant. Yeah. Okay. Right there, and it, and I don't know if you if you've seen it, but you can go to our city's new website, which is another thing that we've you know, and, and I want to talk about the new website because it's phenomenal. What is the is that? What's the address on that? It's going to be um, cityofparagold.com, I think I don't really know, Jared. Cityofparagold.com, Okay, yeah, but that's not launched yet. It, it is. It, it is, is launched. It's okay, la- it launched a couple of weeks ago. Okay, we'll be sure and, and find that. Is it cityofparagold.com, Robert? So. Yeah, that's it. Cityofparagold.com. Okay, yeah. welcome by the way, Robert. We've not even not even mentioned you yet today. This is your, uh, Robert's first day as the producer of the Paragold Podcast. So welcome, Robert. Thanks a lot. Yeah, glad you. Uh, glad hope, you I, <laughs> hope I don't ruin it. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. Uh, so it's cityofparagold.com. And what were you going to say? They can go there and get what information? You can check out pictures of the farmers market. Okay, our new website is one hundred percent interactive. So. You can go there if you want to rent an RV pad, if you want to reserve a room at the community center, you want to read the mayor's blog, or huh. check out chamber events. You want to get 
So you can go there and sign up for notifications. The first 500 people to sign up can get them via text. Everyone else will be email. But you can find out about changes in your garbage uh, schedule. The tornado sirens are going off. That's now they nice. come across your phone. Yeah. You can uh, access chamber events, downtown events. It's, it's fully interactive. Man, just getting the uh, changes in my garbage schedule makes it worth it. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I can is. tell you how many times I've missed. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why in the world do they run today? And so, or whatever. Yeah. So, that's great, man. Just go to the website. Great work. Up. Yeah. You already got yeah. my vote for next year. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, the farmer's market, man. is, And that's not like you guys are just going to set up some tables. That's like a, that's going to be beautiful. It is. It's, uh, you know, um, it's a partnership with mm-hmm. the um, uh, Quorum Court and Rusty McMillan got on board. Uh, we all got ARPA money which is, um, you know, American Rescue Plan dollars. And we decided that this was a great opportunity for the city of Paragould and the Economic Development Corporation of the city, along with Greene County, to all partner together, come together and say, you know what, this benefits our entire region. This is not just Paragould. This is not just Greene County. This is not just economic development. This touches so many demographics in our community that this is something we should all buy into. Mm. Um, and I'm, I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of is being able to work with the judge and the chamber director and all of us being on the same page that's and huge, really, man. you know, sticking ego and all that sort of, uh, stuff that gets in the way of yeah. progress out of the way and just saying, Hey, what can we do to make where we're at better? That's great. The, I know the trail is something um, that you've put a lot of energy into, and that's gone back for years now. My wife was actually just on that, um, just running on that today. I don't know if that's illegal or not. It's not. Okay, so we can just edit it out of this. But sure, yeah. She was on there running with Ambry McGarity, and she said, I think that she was on a spot that said AG Trail. Is that is that an official name? Did no, somebody name is, part of it after you? That's Brian Carter, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to do with him. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. She really enjoyed it, man. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about the trail, though. Uh, it starts where because I can't remember. It starts where and it's going to end where when it's all said and done. Okay, so this first section, which is actually phases one, two, and three, start at Rotary Softball Field and go all the way to four twelve East Bridge over by Eighth Avenue by Heron Tire. Okay, um, so that was that was planning phases one, two, and three. We got three grants. We received three grants. Um, one for each phase, but just because it was, you know, grants were each phase, we decided as a city to build it all at one time. What we didn't want to do is build a trail to nowhere. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So we had that connectivity. Well, last year we reached out, um, for a tap grant. We applied for a tap grant and just found out in October that we received another $300,000 to take the trail from Rotary to South Rockinger, which will connect Bland Baseball Field and uh, Green County Tech Primary. So that'll Fantastic. end up being a total of six miles. So, uh, you know, be able to, when they have their turkey trot run on Thanksgiving morning, yeah. get on the get on the trail there at South um, Rockinger there at the Pergle, or the Green County Tech Primary and run a half marathon before you go eat turkey dinner. It's excellent, man. Uh, nothing else I'd rather do. <laughs> what is, uh, I, when is that going to be complete? So the phases one through three uh, should be finished up around Memorial Day, and hopefully by the end of the year we will sign to start work on phase four, which will be the extension from Rotary Park out to South Rockinger. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, what would you say has been most challenging after the first year? I think that, you know, one of the things that as mayor that I wasn't prepared for is the, I guess the word would be the breadth of the things that are thrown at you on a daily basis. Like it's, I'll never forget whenever I first took over, I was sitting there and I was like, I called it drinking out of a fire hose at first. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just sitting there and it's like trying to figure out what's going on. And there's all these things coming at you from different directions. And I had someone come in and say, what's your favorite color pen? And I'm like, I don't care. Like (laughs) (laughs) not right now, you know? Um, But the things that are thrown at you, but that's what I really enjoy about the job is it keeps you on your toes. It's Mm -hmm. always, there's no setting around. It's, it's, it's from one to the next to the next. And that's very much my personality. Mm. Um, You know, every day looks a little different. Sure. Every day is a little bit different. And um, you know, my, I have this Tigger personality. I'm, I'm, you know, bouncing around a lot. So it, it, it fits me perfect. That's great. What do you think are, obviously, whenever you were running, you had an idea of what you thought the biggest issues were in the city. Now that you've been mayor for a while, what do you see as the current kind of biggest problems or biggest issues facing our city from your perspective as mayor? So one of the things that um, we constantly hear, and this is not uh, unique to Paragould, but in a recent study of our industries, right at 60% of our of our industries here in, in Perigold said they would expand. Many of them would double in size if they had the workforce. Mm. So, and, and this is nationwide. We are mm-hmm. all competing, you know, post-pandemic, post the great resignation, the big quit, whatever whatever you call it. We are all competing for talent. So I think we have to make sure that that economic development 25 years ago was – the mayor and the chamber director going out and trying to recruit new businesses. Mm-hmm. Now it is keeping the businesses and the industries you have by going out and recruiting people and talent and making sure that those kids that are graduating from Crowley Ridge Academy, Green County Tech, Perigold School District, Marmaduke, Brooklyn, they, they know there are jobs. There are great jobs in Perigold. It's a great place to work, live. There's a good hospital. There's those good schools. Those those pillars that we talked about, it's building those pillars and making sure that you know, it comes back to quality of place, that all those things are in place so that you can say, hey, this is a place where I feel like I can get married, raise a family, put my kids in a great school system, and we can have a great life with a low cost of living and, you know, check all those boxes. It's, it's gone. Economic development has really changed over the past 20 years, and that's something that we've really started to focus on. Mm. Those four pillars you mentioned, you said it was school, safety, hospital, and... I think school, school safety, safety hospital, hospital, and good jobs. Good jobs. And those all revolve around quality, quality of, life. of life. And so, it, yeah, I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask you as you were talking about this great resignation people leaving is like, well, what are you going to do about that? But then you answered it. It sounds like those pillars of, like, strengthening those... Sure. And the quality of life, that's... You know, here's the thing. We talked about the the Teslas, and you said, did we get any pushback? You are always, when you when you change and you start doing something different, you're always going to get pushback. And if you're not getting some pushback, then you're not doing your job as the mayor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's not my job to necessarily ruffle feathers, but it sure isn't my job to make sure that, you know... Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Which is impossible. Right. You can't do it. And, and you know, there's, there's a... I, I, I say there's 80% of the people that you can make happy. And if you spend your time and energy 
making those 80% happy, then things are going to go along at a good pace. But if you start to focus on those 20%, yes, um, the Eeyores, in a world full of Eeyores, be a ticker, yeah. right? If, you, if, you're, if you're going after those 20%, you're going to lose your 80. Yes. So, totally. Um, but coming back to, we were talking about um, getting pushback, changing the focus of economic development and saying, hey, we're going to go more towards quality of life. Um, that's when you, when you sit down and you have a conversation with someone and you say, this is why we bought those Teslas, because they're going to save us money. And if we were to change our admin fleet and our CID and the people that don't have to have police interceptors to electric vehicles, we could save $50,000 a year and that would be money we could put back into our coffers to help the police, right? Mm-hmm. Then then it's hard to argue with. When you start explaining economic development in the terms that we just talked about, like, hey, this is, this is why we're doing this. It's not so that um, we're not building this trail because Chris Collier and I like to get up and run. This mm-hmm. is about attracting mm-hmm. and recruiting the people that are mm-hmm. going to feed our industries. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, is, it, it makes sense, but you have to have that conversation with people to let them know, hey, there's a there's a reason that we're doing what we're doing here. Totally. Sure. That makes perfect sense, man. I, um, you know, think, talking about focusing on the 80 and not the 20, there was a book I read a couple years ago um, called A Failure of Nerve, and he talks about how you the best leaders are what he calls a non-anxious presence. And he says, if you have a very anxious leader, what will happen is he will, um, I can't remember the exact language that he used, but basically he will focus on the weakest part of a community and the fact that like he will let the most anxious people in the community or um, maybe even the most immature, I don't know how to use that word, he will, he will basically just cater to them because what he wants so bad is just for everyone to like him. And that's actually a problem whenever you focus on the weakest, so to speak, not like the most vulnerable, but those who are the most immature at times. Like if you let those, the biggest critics, we'll use that even word, those who are most critical, if you try to use all of your time to like just make them happy, everybody else will suffer. That's what he's saying. And sure. so uh, I, could, I couldn't agree more. But that, that's way easier said than done. Like to wake up and to know like, okay, I'm going to make a decision. And every time I make this decision. Okay, so here was, you know, I, I said that I went to the um, – Lyndon B. Johnson Library, and there were two takeaways. It was funny. I, I walked up, and I was taking a picture, and my wife said, do you feel that every day? And I said, every day. And we started laughing, and it was words on a wall that said, and it was a quote from Lyndon B. Johnson that said, if I got up tomorrow and walked across the Potomac, the newspaper headlines tomorrow would say, the president can't swim. <laughs> And I thought, that is so true. That You know, it's so funny. But you can't let it get to you. It's part of it. Um, And that's where passion is so important and conviction, which you have both those things. Like the things that you're doing, like, man, you believe in it. Like this isn't just a job for you to make money. Here's the thing. Um, Whenever I don't have the energy and the excitement and when when I'm soured and I don't want to get out of bed and go to work and 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 I'm excited about – my time away from work, mm-hmm. I won't be the mayor anymore. Yeah. And I'll make, I'll make the people that promise. You know, I didn't run for this position for the money, um, and um, I've got a job to go back to. And, and if, I, if I ever feel like I'm not giving 100% to the city and its citizens, then I'm not, I'm not doing right by the community that I love. Yeah, it's good, man. 
Well, one more question that I want to ask you um, before we kind of get into some of the rapid fire questions okay. is what are you most excited about as you think about the upcoming year or years, however long that you get a chance to be mayor, or even if you're not necessarily mayor, like what are you most excited about from, from where you sit right now with the, the direction the city's going? Um, I feel like there is a, there's a lot of positive momentum in Northeast Arkansas. And I really feel like that Paragould is in the driver's seat. I feel like we have the wind at our sails. Um, there's a lot of good things happening. Um, you know, I was so we're working with the Orion Group, and we partnered with them on a like a twenty year plan. So anyone listening out there, if you're going to have an opportunity uh, coming up to voice your opinions and put some community input into what you would like Paragul to be over the next five, ten, twenty years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've partnered with the Orion Group, and they're working on a new land use map. Uh, updating our zoning and subdivision requirements, making sure that um, that we have a pedestrian plan and that we um, are looking at economic development and in- including that quality of life and developing downtown. And it's all based on community input. Hmm. So the Orion Group is out of Memphis and okay. northern Mississippi. Right. Well, they get up every Friday morning and listen to the Parable Podcast. Hmm. They're excited about our community. Hmm. So, so when a group like that out of Memphis realizes, hey, there's some special things going on in Perugal, mm-hmm. that's exciting, yeah. you know, to know that yeah. uh, that we're in the driver's seat and that uh, these positive changes that we're helping make those every day, it's, it's a huge, uh, yeah. it's a huge benefit. And it's a blessing, dude. It is a blessing, and and it's so easy to take it for granted when you're right in the middle of it, you know. And but for the previous year of podcasts, like we had a. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know what it was, 52 episodes or whatever, and there were several people that moved here from out of town that were on there, and they would all talk about, like, man, uh, they love Paragould, and it's not a place to be taken for granted. Like, it's it's a like a beautiful city, and it's a great place to raise a family, and, like, they stayed here. They, they came maybe thinking they were going to pass through. Sure. You know, and just as soon as they could find another better job, like they're going to go somewhere else, but they decided to stick around. Because they actually enjoyed living here. And I think, like, we need to listen to that and hear that because it's so easy to focus on the negative or, like I said, like, when you're in the middle of it, like, just miss it. But, man, there are, there are already some good things about the city that are happening. And, and from what I see, from my perspective, it's just getting better. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting and it's encouraging to hear that. You know, the three of us, we were raised here. We grew yeah. up here. We love Paragol. But when you have someone like Chris who comes back mm-hmm. – um, or you have. I was in a meeting this morning with Brad Rogers, who mm-hmm. uh, moved off and came back, and they come back and they say, "Perugle, we've we've seen what's out there, and this is where we want to raise our family." That is encouraging, and that's exciting. Yes. So, and I think it all revolves around um, the the groundwork that's been laid and the and the work that we're still doing. You know, one thing that uh, we talked about earlier about ARPA, and and mm-hmm. I want to come back to that real quick if we can. Uh, that is American Rescue Plan dollars. The city received $3 million last June. We have another $3 million coming this June. Wow. Um, so we have $6 million to invest in our community. We um, so That money it comes with strings, so there's some certain things we can and can't do. We, we're not able to go out here and, and give those police officers a raise because it is, it's there to offset the uh, effects of the pandemic, right? But we were able to... Uh, 
move some of the money around, and it looks like about $3 million of that is going to be put towards a new police station mm. and a new municipal complex, which is a huge deal. And we're overdue if you look around. Uh, that is one of the places that we really need to invest some money is our police department. And then the other $3 million we're going to pour directly into our parks, which for me – that quality of life, that is uh-huh. super exciting to be able to say, you know, we're going to Reynolds and we're going to tear down all of those old pavilions and all of those old picnic tables and put up new ones. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to go to Labor Park and put up new pavilions and we're going to uh, add exercise equipment to the trail and encourage outdoor gathering. So being able to push that kind of money into our park system, I think, feeds directly back into that quality of life, feeding our industries um, it, and, and then also being able to stick $3 million towards a new police station helps our officers. It helps us recruit and retain and brings about that safety that we talked about that's so you know vitally important to people that are looking to relocate. Yeah, I love it, man. Well, hey, are you ready for some rapid-fire questions? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so here we go. We do this with every guest. Uh, I'm going to pull up my questions here. And question number one, ready? What is the last show or movie that you binged, or book that you read? So when I read books, I like to read one for, like, personal, and then I try to read something that helps me grow a little bit. So I go back and forth, back and forth. And I read, I like to read rock autobiographies. So I just finished up uh, Waging Heavy Peace by Neil Young, and I'm in the middle of reading a book that Dr. Warner here, um, one of our uh, general surgeons at AMMC turned me on. It's called Evicted. It was written in 2016, and it's about, um, you know, the struggles of, of renters and, and what mm. they have to deal with. And, you know, that kind of directly ties into some of the stuff that we're dealing with as far as making sure that we have, you know, housing stock for the people that we're trying to recruit. Mm. So, Favorite type of music? I'm an alternative guy. Okay. You got a yeah. favorite band? Uh, you know, I just grew up in the, you know, we grew up in the early 90s, yeah, and that dude. was back in, you like know, Nirvana? Pearl Jam, Nirvana, <laughs> yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff, man. But, that was you know, a great run of but music. But having three daughters, uh, you know, I've listened to a lot of pop pop music. <laughs> I like pop as well, man. Uh, favorite meal? My favorite meal would probably be, um, you know, we like to, every once in a while, we like to indulge and go out and, and get uh, some Chinese takeout and just go veg it on the couch. And Little Hoonans or what? Panda panda Garden. Okay, hey, easy, Robert. Panda. Easy. Big Hoonans guy over here. I really? got a little uh, little history there at Hoonan. Did a little work there in high school. Really? Yeah, where Shadrex is now. Okay, yeah. yeah. Grace's place. That's right. Oh, man, we used to go there every Sunday after church. Oh, yeah, he didn't just work there. He had his wedding reception there. That's, that's how... <laughs> That's how much we loved it. Absolutely. I do, I do. Let's go have some Mugu Guy Pan. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, Brett, man. So are you a Mongolian beef or are you a, a Mugu Guy Pan type person? Those are my literally my two favorites. But if Mongolian, you had to pick. Oh, gosh. Mongolian beef probably. Okay, yeah, you got to go for the spicy. Yeah. I got you. How about you? I don't, you're, a, you're a hamburger station guy. Uh, well, I used to be, but I'm gluten-free. So they don't really have a whole lot of gluten-free options okay. at the hamburger station. <laughs> it's like extra gluten and everything. So, But I do like hamburger station. It's phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, I want to get, uh, God, what is the guy's name that owns it? Bert. Bert, yes. Bert. We're going to get him on the podcast soon. I ran into him not long ago. I was sitting outside, and he was talking about the podcast. I was like, he dude, we're going to get you on. He's such a fun guy. 
Yeah. Birds so, are good. Dude. Yeah. That's yeah. that's we're gonna get that's a uh one we definitely gotta get. So we will definitely do it. That's a paragold icon over there. We're gonna have him bring some tater balls and chocolate malts. Come on. We're gonna do a podcast recording yeah. with him. Can I can I come back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and invite myself yeah, for that absolutely, party. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah. Um so what is on your nightstand right now? I don't have a nightstand. Well that was easy. Yeah. Okay. I have a I have a mirror. What do you uh, do with your phone? I stick it on my wife's nightstand. Oh. And it's there's nothing on it. It's an alarm clock and two uh two cell phones. Minimalist. Minimalist, yeah. Right on. Well, me. you know, we live upstairs, there's not a lot of room. <laughs> That's true. Uh okay, so um give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy. Just a ordinary moment in your life that other people might be like, Yeah, it's not a big deal. But to oh, you man. it brings you joy. Oh man, coming upstairs. You know, um, walking into my house, Kristen has taken all of the... So, when you when you walk into our house, you know, we live upstairs, so you have to walk in on the f- main floor, the, you know, ground level, and you go upstairs, first thing you do. And when you open the door, um, we have about, let's see, 23 stairs. And every one of them, if you stand there, they look like books stacked up. And they're all of our children's favorite books, like Curious, George, and... A, really? Yeah, uh, you know all of, all of That's the cool. our favorite books, and just walking up those that bookcase and coming upstairs, and as I'm, you know, like the floor that they're playing on, you know, starts to, you know, where I can see it starts to come to where I can see, and I and I walk up and see the girls, and usually when I get home, Kristen's cooking supper, and the girls are watching TV or or reading a book. Um, Rhiannon, my ten year old, is on. She has this goal of reading a million words this school year. And I think right now she's at 960,000 words. And she's halfway Where does she get that uh, desire to read from? Is that from you, from Kristen? I guess that's from Kristen. All of our girls um, were bookworms, okay. still are. That's fantastic. And, and Kristen is also. So That's great. Yeah. Last question. What is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? I think... I'm most grateful for just being able to be present in the moment that I'm in right now. You know, I know that sounds kind of strange, but, um, you know, the last time I was here, I talked about Allie and Mm -hmm. how I had her so young. And I feel like um, a lot of that time raising her and and trying to be a father and trying to get started in life and and being lost, if you will, um, I didn't get to soak it up. And I almost feel like, uh, and this is going to make me sound really old, but, you know, they say that when you're a grandparent that you, you know, you enjoy your kids more. And I feel like being an older parent, and I'm not that old. I mean, I'm 42 and I've got a 10-year-old. Um, so it's not like, you know, I'm grandpa raising my kids. But but I've been through, I've been raising children since I was 18. Mm-hmm. And having Allie, who's 24, and I realize how fast that time goes mm-hmm. and just being able to, you know, not let the little things get to you. And I think that helps me with my job. We came back to, you know, you come back to talking about the critics and you have to kind of step back from the things that you, that I would have been critical mm-hmm. with, with my young, with my oldest, with my youngest. It's like, you know what, this is not the end of the world, mm-hmm. you know, so what we marked on the wall with a Sharpie mm. big deal. We can paint it, you know, it's not worth losing my cool over. So, um, being a little bit older and being able to be present in the, in the moment with my family is, is what I'm most grateful about. 
Yeah, man, that's uh, such a good lesson, a good reminder for me. We were just talking. Actually, I was preaching uh, Sunday, finishing up the book of Ecclesiastes in our church, and we were talking about the importance of just uh, enjoying the moment like while you can because it does pass so quickly. And, and we were talking about how that some of the things that, you know, well, I had a buddy that uh, he actually he still is. He's a director in hospice. And I asked him a couple of years ago, I was like, hey, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from like being around dying people every day? And he said that the stuff that we roll our eyes at, like our kid asking us to push him in the swing for the 10th time, that's the stuff that when you're on your deathbed, you wish you'd give anything to go back and be able to do that again. Absolutely. You know, I, I think at the end of at the end of this ride, you're going to look back and say, what really matters is not money. It's it's what, it's family and what contributions did I make to make my world a better place. And that's why I feel so fortunate to have the job that I have is because, you know, I get to spend an enormous amount of time with my family. And when I'm not with them, I'm getting to give back to the community that I love. So it's right. just, it's, it's fantastic. Awesome. Well, that's a good place to end. Josh, thanks again so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. Likewise. All right, Josh Ag has left the building. Robert. That guy's awesome. Yeah, man. I'm really happy that uh, he's, he's so passionate about our city. Uh, and he, uh, he said a few things about like Paragol being in the driver's seat. I just like got so pumped up about the future of this city. Uh, because it just seems like there's a lot of momentum, um, not not just because of him, but like he's passionate about too. I'm, I don't know. It was it was inspiring, exciting. Yeah. Speaking of inspiring, it's your first time here as producer. That was inspiring watching you over there with all the uh, buttons and the gadgets. Oh man, I I just pushed every button. <laughs> You did a great job, man. It's great to have you here. Um, hey, if you're still listening, thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Um, if you've not already done so, please go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating there. That helps people find us quicker and learn more about the incredible people living in our city. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Uh, give us a like there. Follow us. Uh, we're on Instagram. We have an email list that you can subscribe to. Uh, have a website. I think it's paragolpodcast.com. And so, um, hey, Again, we are so glad to have you with us. we got a great lineup of people that will be coming in for conversations uh, this year. And so please keep tuning in. Until next time.